Good afternoon, good evening, good metal. My name's Coop and welcome to the Spoken Metal Show. This is one of us, well, I was, would have been seeing this gentleman out on tour, but obviously things have transpired and, and that's not going to be possible. Today's guest is P.K. Malley and using the wizardry, well, not in, in so much in, in the case I'll explain now, the wizardry of technology, we kind of did it via, via Skype, which is, which is obviously the way I'm gonna, probably going to do quite a lot of these ones now and going going forward it's not the preferred one and there's loads of reasons why but chiefly of which being there's nothing better than speaking to someone in with the in the kind of in in the flesh if you will you, the, the kind of you can react to the the, the things that they're telling it, it is just more to it's like seeing a lot seeing a band live it's always better in person but obviously the nature of things that are happening uh, currently it hasn't been possible so i've been experiment with all kinds of setups and for someone who's been around bands and around recording stuff, you'd think I'd be way better with microphones. I am not. I fucking suck under understanding how to get it to get it sound. I can record a guitar, yeah, uh, amazing. I can get a great, fantastic tone through guitar. What the fuck can I do wrong with voices? So it's so uh, Pete's voice is fucking brilliant on it, you know, and his record's perfect. I'm like, mine's a bit a little bit less so. For the most part, it's probably a little quieter, not as great, but there's a lot of popping as I do as I need to get some pop filters and stuff and still keep fucking around with the microphones I've got. But you know what? That's how this is. If it was either that or wait to get microphones and all the rest of it, or just do it and kind of make the best I can do of it. I still think the content's great. I'm not talking an awful lot. All you want to hear is Pete and, and the, stu- the stuff he's talking about. What a fabulous story Pete's got and, and what an insight into kind of his world and why he kind of is doing the things he, he does. And what does he do? Well, PK Mally's a, a compare. He's he talks you know very very sort of uh, animatedly about about the music he loves. He's an author. He's already got one book out. Uh, another book which is coming out on Wednesday this Wednesday coming. Um, I'll put links and and various bits and pieces in for that. He's a radio show host as well. There's a morning show which is a, a show I could never do. I could never do the morning show and not swear. How he does that? I, I, we should have talked about that. But we didn't. But we did talk about a hell of a lot of stuff. All the stuff about why he got into. Music, all the stuff that kind of the shows he's going to, what the thoughts about the new current scene's going to be and how, how that moves forward and what's going on with this tour and what we're going to do uh, with that because it's still on and, and, and you know, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, within the podcast. So, yeah, the quality of some parts of it is a little bit up and down um, and I'm sure there's some people out there who are like, fucking hell, that's... A, okay, don't listen to it. You know, that, that's cool. But I think if you just kind of stay with it, I think there's some great stuff. Pete's got some wonderful stories and some fabulous little gems of, of, of knowledge in there as well. And he's just a, a lovely human being, to be quite honest with you. So here's the the next episode. This is my sit down with the wonderful PK Mally. And the legend is PK Mally. Um, <laughs> we've, we've never met. We've, no. We've never, isn't that crazy? Um, like Pete, uh, as I said at the introduction, you know, uh, he, he's a writer, a comedian, stand up, spoken word, all kinds of great stuff. And the first time we kind of met, or rather, in, in, digitally met, if you will, and um, you sent me over like uh, one of your, uh, your shows to kind of see what was going on. I was blown away. I thought it was incredible, mate. Um, you know, so I will, we'll get into that. that. There's a whole wealth of stuff to, to be mine there. But uh, I suppose the way we always begin these things, uh, we talk about the first time you heard music, just music of any kind. Yeah, well, thanks for that. Thanks for these kind words. I think, do you know what? I was dead lucky because I was kind of, I was, I lived with my mum and she, 
looking back, I had a really good taste in music, and I had a lot, she had like a living room, small house, small living room, and there was a few, it wasn't a lot of vinyl, but it was enough, you know when you look at it and you're a kid and you're, you're, you're looking at around and you're thinking, this looks yeah. really cool, and thinking back, there was a, it was an odd mix, there was Queen, which I love, and there was Super Tramp, which is fine, and there was Leo Sayer, I didn't quite get that. <laughs> and I was hoping was, Peter Frampton might have ended up in there, like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, like, and I just remember, I, I don't know when, but listen to the music, and I'd, I, when, before that, he had, had all the sisters, well, had all the sisters, and they listened to some stuff, and I remember, even at an early age, liking music, and I think probably, I'm looking back, it's probably now that that's what I call music, one or two maybe, and I remember just listening to music, not quite knowing what I like and don't like, but realising that I don't understand, when I assumed everyone must listen to music all the time, yeah, you know, yeah. that kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like a lot of people's first introduction seems to be their parents. And in some ways, if they've had like, in inverted commas, good taste, it's rubbed off quite well. Like, so, you know, yeah. and it seemed to me like a lot of parents had a, a quite a wide range of tastes as well. It wasn't, they were like metalheads or rock. They liked everything, you know, and it yeah. seems to be the case with your mum. So did you kind of, you just sit there with the record player, leaf through these and start putting them on what you like? I think, or did you did. I, I, think I put them on. I can't really remember. I do remember. Liking all that music, and I had a mate of mine who was quite young, who, I can't remember now, if his mum was an usher, now I'm, I don't know the job, but it was Dundee Care Hall, so we had free tickets to go and see gigs, yes. now, I remember going to see Big Country, and that was my first gig, probably the first four gigs, cause, and I remember just watching it, thinking, this is amazing, wow, I want to be, I want to be that person, you know, Yeah. and, yeah. and I think that's followed on to a mate of mine, Brad, who a good mate from now, a couple of years older than me, and he got me into Maiden. He was like, I remember. And actually, I, I say it in my gig, but I remember someone coming up this album going, this is really heavy. You should listen to it. And it was like Poison, Look What The Cat Dragged In. And I'm like, <laughs> These girls produced this heavy music. <laughs> I'll never forget that because uh, when I brought the album into school, the, I won't say his name, but he probably won't listen anyway. But he was a little, he was a little Ned. He, was not, what a, he wasn't a nice kid. Yeah. And he, he took the album off me and he went, Phew, they're gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, listen, made it. And then I kind of, like a lot of people, I think, got, I, I kind of, like a lot of people, like, listening to the Now That's Come music and loving the pop. And then when something triggers something in your head, you go, oh my God, wow, this is amazing. And it wasn't so much Queen because I've always, I've always been aware of Queen. So I just assumed that that was... What everyone listens yeah. to Queen when they grow up, you yeah, know, it's it. standard. It's standard music, mm. like yeah, it's it's well, it, it is it, obviously in you know in, in the best sense. It's Queen is like obligatory. It's like the Beatles are good, Led Zeppelin are good, Queen are good. These bands, Pink Floyd, these are good. There's no, mm. there's no debate. These are good, like yeah. Uh... And I think I don't. But even with Floyd and Zeppelin, I wasn't aware. I was aware of them, but I didn't actually actively listen to them. Like right. I actively listened to Queen until yeah. I was a wee bit older. Uh, and then I got into it, like I think a lot of people, you get into a band like Maiden, it was for me, it's like, oh my God, and then I just, as I'm getting older, I remember bringing home album covers of, of I, I love the glam stuff, I love Motley Crue, I love Poison, I love Metallica, and I remember queuing up for our price in Dundee for the Black Album, and that was a bit further yeah. on, yeah. and it must have been 17, 18 then, and, uh, yeah. and I remember getting home, and my mum was out, it was like a, quite a small house in the cul-de-sac, and listening to this album going, oh my god, it's like, mm. and Guns N' Roses, another one, my mate Grant, who, my best mate, brought in this cassette of Guns N' Roses, now he got it from Canada before other people right. got it, 
Is this the usual illusion? No, this is the Yeah, and I remember just sitting in his bedroom. He loved music, so he played the guitar. He was big into his music. We were best mates who loved the music. And just sitting around this tape recorder going, oh, my God. We couldn't picture them at the time. We didn't know what this is probably about a year before we watched raw power and power hour and what have you and yeah. just go what is this noise this is what yeah. this is it you know i don't know what it is but i like it yeah, yeah. i don't know what it is i don't get it and I, I like it and this is just what i want to take you know this is it absolutely yeah and i think yeah, yeah. From, i followed on me watching raw power power hour watching crusher which have, is we, awesome. have we lost a little bit of that mystique because you said you, you didn't even know what they look like i mean you yeah. maybe you see them on the cover of an album and i think on appetite for destruction i think they're on the back aren't they i think yeah. they're on the back or, and that's about it you don't really kind of know what they are or what the beliefs are or, or, or anything like that yeah. and, and it was this mystique kiss had it as well you know you, you didn't know what they look like and we kind of we don't have that anymore. If you want yeah. to see, you can get you can see a personal Instagram of 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 a famous person now and see them first thing in the morning. And we've maybe lost that a little bit with that mystique. It's only when you say that now I've just realised that you know when I first saw like ACDC was my one of my first albums. Right, back yeah, yeah. Black, and they're on the back there, but it's like it's one picture of them. You don't really know anything about them. But I like that mystique, you know. That's it. I think that's what I think that's the thing is I mean, you go and see a band to me anyway mm-hmm. uh, I didn't like the 90s stuff the indie stuff because it wasn't theatre and I don't like theatre right but now you can still see that theatre but even now and I, and, I, and I completely understand the fans have got access to backstage and got, on, on like Instagram and, and it's brilliant however yeah. you're right it loses that I don't want to see Angus Young without a school uniform on you yeah, know yeah, yeah. I don't want to see James Hetfield walking his dog i just want to see him on that stage yeah and, yeah and yeah. the part of me and I, I do get it and i i do get both sides but yeah you're right it's that missing that mistake and i think when maiden huh? i was like a big maiden fan it was a case of i don't care what even i don't care what they what they do in real life i just want to see them on stage yeah, it didn't really matter did it it just it was like you know it was the, for the period of the album or the two hours of the show that's all you cared about you yeah know? so we're, we're maiden then clearly one of the bands that kind of you just kind of fell into where you, you buy everything they do, you go through the whole back catalogue, you know, you find out, was it, were, at what point were you getting into Maiden then? I'm thinking, is this kind of, uh, are we later on here, or, or are we still Bruce Dickinson, or where are Oh, we? yeah, later on, but Bruce Dickinson, so, so Seventh Son was the big one. Okay. That was a big one for me, that was the one that, I mm. think, I, mem- I remember, like, uh, kind of play man this video and thinking, oh my God, that's incredible. So yeah. the kids of that, because getting into them so much during that, then I bought the back catalogue then, and I remember buying everything and listening to everything. And then, of course, just slightly to the future, when No Prayer came out, I, and I've, I've done this Maiden review thing, and I and I do get... I saw that, that yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I do get No Prayer done isn't a great album, and looking back at it now, it's, mm. it, it isn't a great album, but however, it is to me, because when they when that album came out, it sounds really strange, but I I was yeah. a fan, so it was the first time that mm. an album been released as a fan. I'm like yes, yes. you know, and and it just as I, I was young enough not to go. Oh, I, I was never going to go. Well, that's not as good as the last one because it was that I was that age. I was at eighteen. I was like, well, no matter what they do, I love. Mm. You know that kind of. Yes, the, what, what I thought was wonderful about the list was that um, the, you made it clear that there's a situationalism about your favourite songs. Sometimes it's not the it's the best technical song that I made, never done. It's got the most amount of solos. It works lyrically, all that type of thing. The imagery, yeah. but it was also about when you heard that, the time in your life when you heard that, or the things that were going on. People often talk about their favourite meals, and when you talk to a, a chef about their favourite meal, quite often it's something 
it's almost a letdown because they had, oh, it, was, it was fish and chips with someone before they died. Do you know what I mean? It was the last yeah, time I saw yeah. it. There's a situationalism to, 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 uh, to the songs, isn't it? And I thought that was wonderful that came across on the list. You I, know? Think, I think it's true. So look at Aerosmith, which I love Aerosmith, and they're the same. I mean, mm. I remember Pomp and Permanent Vacation, listening to them and loving them. I didn't know what they looked like, really. Uh, permanent Vacation, I wasn't quite sure. But then I lived in Australia for a while, and I remember really well, Just Push Played came out, and I was on my own. I'd gone travelling. It was really sunny. I was in Melbourne. And I never forget, not being quite, I don't want to say lonely, but not knowing anybody, just in a hostel. Yeah. And just buying this tape, buying New Era Smith release that came out, and being excited, and listening to it. And then the Hard Rock Cafe in Melbourne had an Aerosmith night, and it said, we're going to play Just Push Play, start to finish. And I thought, wow, I can't see them. But that starts, and, and that album, mm. although li- listening back at it now, yeah, it isn't the greatest of albums, but yeah. again, to yeah. me it is, because exactly, I, yeah. I remember walking through parts of Melbourne, looking for work, I had that in my, in my, in my ear, thinking, actually, it just reminds me mm. suddenly, you know, and that's it, you know, and I think yeah. other albums are amazing, but they kind of they pass you by, because they don't mean anything. And I like that with Maiden, yeah. like yeah. Uh, Life After... Uh, matter of life and death and stuff yeah it was a great album but to me my life was pretty steady then it was okay mm. and it didn't i didn't need it as much maybe as i needed no prayer for the die yeah. you know that, I think that makes sense i think uh, no completely i think it's wonderful you said it. i didn't need it as much i think mm. that's beautiful the people that realize that that music is uh some, something of a cure-all it can cure being lonely it can cure being depressed it can, can, cure, yeah, absolutely. can cure anxiety my my introduction to maiden was uh was power slave um, mm. And it, it seems to be something of a fan favourite. But um, when um, I think they really kind of broke through for me was when um, Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter gets to number one just after yeah. Christmas. And that was like a, a watershed moment. We're like, this is a metal band yeah. um, on top of the pops, which they've been, happened before. You know, Judas Priest and stuff have been on, mm. on top of the pops. But for me, it was like, wow, you know, this they, 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 these are huge now. And it was the same as maybe Metallica experiencing now where, you know, probably the average person in the street can name a Metallica song. You could yeah. name them an Iron Maiden song. My, my, my dad knew who Iron Maiden were, you know. <laughs> and, I think, and I think that was a wonderful thing because somehow, and I don't know how they've done it, what I do, because it's, it's just sheer integrity and quality control, they've managed to stay incredibly faithful, Maiden, through the, through the whole career. Yeah. If you've never, where's the where's the maiden album where they went disco doesn't exist you know it's like yeah. where's it's something they've done something stupid or something so experimental too far from the i don't like nothing it doesn't exist they've kept a really good their back catalog i would argue uh, is probably one of the most complete back catalogs maybe priest is in there as well mm. just complete back catalogs of of music you know it's i, I think it's inarguable I, 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 I do and i like and i i know a lot of people i speak to who say oh i like maiden but i grew out with them or I, I didn't like anything after this album this album which is fine but again i think it's down to situations because i think even if you put the like you said you put the the last three albums if you put a song live in the middle of older stuff it wouldn't even stuff i don't particularly love and then yeah. when you hear it live you kind of go actually do you know what it, it is it is it's they haven't sold out i'd hate that term because i yeah. think i think metallica you like you said metallica i think i remember the black album came out and a lot of people talked about uh they the lost as many, a fair few fans over that they gained a whole bunch but they, they lost, lost a, whole bunch, a few yeah. and mm. apart from lulu aside which <laughs> I, would, I, would lo- I would love to be the one who loves Lulu. I'm on the table. I just, 
Yeah, I saw it at Wood, well, just as a sidebar to Lulu, I think it was in a Manchester record shop, and they have, like, everybody that works at the shop will put, like, a little review on the, on the cover, it'll be, like, a sticker, and they'll say, like, it's really good, or whatever it may be. <laughs> for Lulu, for Lulu one, of the, one of the guys have put, this is the sound of two, uh, of, of a group of millionaires spaffing up the wall a load of their money. <laughs> and I was just like, Jesus, it's so on the money. And I, was, I remember seeing, they were on Jules Holland with him, uh, with Lou Reed, Lou Reed, sorry, for those that don't know, because I'm sure there'll be somebody who doesn't, and, and it's probably good you, It's probably good you don't know, it's like you <laughs> kind of unhear this album. But, uh, just before Lou Reed passed, Lou Reed, obviously, complete legend, visionary, you know, what a fantastic artist, and a very experimental artist, let's not forget, with Velvet's only, a very experimental artist. Yeah, yeah, of course. And somehow, him and, and, and Metallica came together, and Lord knows how that happened, but they did. And they do this album about, I, I, I haven't really listened to it or explored it enough, so maybe I'm wrong, maybe it's amazing. But no, it's not. About, it's not. But about, I think it's about a prostitute or something like that it is, uh, of the name Lulu. Um, it's awful. It, there's no hooks. There's nothing to get your arms around. And I listen to experimental stuff, but there's just, there's nothing to put your arms around. And it just sounds awful. And it, they, they just quietly forgot about it. Um, yeah, yeah. just kind of moved on. I'm very good at doing that Metallica like. But yeah. <laughs> so Maiden then you, when when did you first see them live then? So we just I still like, no prayer. Still, yeah, so that was the No Prayer after Dying Tour, and I think that's what makes it so okay. exciting. And I think the support band was Wolf Spain or and Anthrax. I saw them twice in that tour, the No Prayer on right. Tour tour. And since then, I very it's kinda of like downloads or, or done it in. I very rarely miss them. You know, I just don't. Mm. I, it's, it's one of these things, like, I see Maiden more than my mum, and that's the sad fact of it. I do. Not yeah. because I don't like my mum, because <laughs> I do. I just see Maiden more. Yeah. And the kind of band that, I, it's just one of these, it's like, it's like people have done it, and like me, in a way, we've done it. And I, just, I just do it every year or every couple of years. And I suppose it's like, to me, it's like people going on the same destination every year on holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and I know what to expect. Uh, Oh, yeah, of late, since I've been a bit older and since I've been seeing, since you've seen a lot more bands, yeah, occasionally you can watch them and go, well, I didn't enjoy that as much as last year, but it's still amazing, still theatre. Yeah, people go to Donington on Donington Download, and that would be previously, I'm old enough to remember Monsters of Rock. Yeah. People go, and they don't care necessarily who's on the bill. It's right. not about that. It's a chance to catch up with all your friends from all over the country, exactly. sometimes other countries. And sometimes, you know, I've spent time away from the stages, two or three hours having a drink, having a beer with all my friends and stuff. Yeah. You, it's the atmosphere. You, you I think that last year during Guns N' Roses, but maybe that was that was just me. But <laughs> <laughs> after the 12-hour set. But yeah, you're right. I used to go every year. And to me, it was, it was a weird one for me because when I was a kid, I, I was 17, 18, I think my age, I was going to Donlin since 91, I went. Whatever it was. And to me it was a you you bought the six the six bands or whatever that was on, you mm. bought all the albums. You studied yes. them. So Study them, yeah. you studied them, you know what I remember? Yeah. I just remember I never forget when Almighty kicked off. Oh and, shit, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, yeah, I remember that set. And I remember yeah. just watching every band. I know other festivals have got have got that even Thunder, which I'm not a massive Thunder fan, yeah. but I remember watching them kick off going, Oh my god, these guys are gonna be shit. I can't wait. I'm seeing history and of course yeah. I love festivals now, but actually when there's so much going on, you pick and choose. It's kinda of like social media, you can pick and choose what you like. And I quite like the not forced to watch the bands, but having well, watched yeah, it. Yeah, that's the, the the whole point, and and it's the whole point of a support band in many ways is that you are forced to watch them. There's no one else yeah. on. Fuck it, yeah. you're going to watch them, and just in case, then they may get some more fans. 
you know, yeah. they, they, you're like, oh, actually, they're, they're fucking all right. I've yeah. seen plenty of bands where they've been supporting another band, uh, or like for example, it was I can't remember. Um, I haven't sat through. Um, it was with Saxon and Testament. Yeah, that was it. It was Saxon and Testament in one of the one of the tents, and I was like, I, I know Saxon. I'm not a huge fan. I like denim and leather and stuff. And there's a couple of things the band played on. I liked some. I'm aware that they're good and the classic, but they went. They didn't speak to me. And I watched their set. I think they played before Testament, and I, I was there for Testament. And and I remember getting, having to jostle for position and thinking, I'll have to sit through Saxon's set, even though I didn't want to. And they were fucking brilliant. Yeah. It was brilliant. And I remember thinking to myself, shit, I could have gone. If I'd gone and gone, okay, I'll just cast Testament. I'll just run over, cast their set, and fuck off. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would have missed them. So it, 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 it used to be that, uh, especially Monsters Rock, if you go watch some of the old Monsters Rock and see the bills of them, Van Halen's like, you know, on there and like Gary Moore and you kind of, people just stayed and watched the whole lot. It was like, right, I'm just going to watch whatever you you put on. We may have lost a little bit of that with having multiple stages. I think so. I think Sunday tried to do it and that's great, but Mm. I think kind of these things, you're like, you're right. I I remember you've been, I remember going buying the album going, I've never heard of this band, but they're playing Donating, so I need to go and... So I must listen, yeah. I must listen to bands by catalogue because I remember thinking, well... I know this band, but I don't know all the stuff. And of course, mm. when you when you're 17, 18, you want to know all the songs. So I think mm. that's a that's a, a loss as well now because just well, the festivals are so big. And occasionally, I download there is a few bands you see and go, "Oh my god, they're incredible!" But mm. it's like being a stand-up comic. You've got to in the old days. We're going to do like a, a long set. You've got 10, 15 minutes to get the audience on your wavelength. Yeah. And but if you do a five minute set, they've got to hit you straight away. And now at festivals, bands have to hit their audiences straight away. Yeah, it's all and the classic think, straight away, all the, all the classic, singles, whatever. Yeah. You think about the slow burners. It's okay for bands that made in the Aerosmith, but mm. you look at some. It's, it's very unusual. You see a band and you go, do you know what? I'm going to stick and watch them. And you can imagine the young people not doing that at all. Yeah. It's really sad. And I think I mean for me, the one one was no doubt which i would never think i would like i've got yeah. no interest in no doubt and i yeah. saw them because the vandals were playing and oh, yeah okay i think i don't know if no doubt was sporting the vandals and there was i can't remember which way it was in brixton right and i've never seen such a great band and even now people say no doubt but what do you mean yeah. like, when you saw them yeah. live you it was amazing yeah. and of yeah. course it just it just opened your opened your mind but if that was at a festival i wouldn't i wouldn't even give them a time of day you know i would have saw them yeah. or they're playing some like, stuff off i'm gonna walk yeah. off yeah you know and we we lose that a bit with everything, but I suppose that's the price to pay with everything else. Great. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's like you know, it's it's that wonderful like tightrope walk that some bands play. Um, you know, when you uh, I remember seeing Lethal Bizzle on the concrete stage at Download, and he got he ate so much shit during his set. No one wanted him there, and they were throwing shit at him, and they, uh, honestly booing and all the rest of it. But at the end. He was like, you know, listen, uh, he, he was like, I, I know you may be, I'm not, I shouldn't really belong there. I, I know you don't really like me, but you know what? I fucking came and I've done me set. And the whole place giving this round of applause. Yeah. There's, I love that when, when, when someone, I like, I like it when a band's backs against the wall and they've got to, and they've got to turn it on or, 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 or it's, it's over. I like that. I, I think it's therapy. Thing. Was it therapy at Donnelly yes. when it was corn and they, they, and I love therapy. Yeah. And they, and remember that point, therapy were more, the scenes maybe more indie than rock and that's probably yeah. unfair, but that's what it was. And I remember they just worked hard for half an hour, 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And I remember watching them going, I've seen them on a, a big, I was a fan, but I thought, you've got it going and you, and you, and you want yeah. it. And on the opposite side of that, I remember, was it extreme? Yes. 
I don't, I don't massively stream fan, I really am, but do you remember, they, they got the hump a bit and it didn't work in... Yeah, it wasn't a great setup. Yeah, I remember Fear Factory a download and they opened the stage, right? They were the opening act Fear Factory and it was fucking hot as balls. It was the hottest day I've ever experienced in my life. And uh, they were they were fucking going. They were absolutely going. About, about quarter way through the set, Burton's mic cuts out. I don't know why another one wasn't supplied, but it, they were opening band. I don't think people gave a fuck. They didn't have a backdrop yeah. or anything. And he kept singing. And there was maybe like, you know, 300, 400 people just at the front. And I was like, you are fucking, you are here to fucking do this. Like, come whatever yeah. happens, you're getting this done. And I love that attitude. Yeah. Um, you know, we I, must, like so I, I suppose we've got to ask the question, what, what your thoughts are on download being cancelled this year then? Well, it's, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because I've always like sad. It's for, for me, uh, this morning I've been hearing, to be honest with you, it's been a bit of a funny morning because... On the download being cancelled, all the festivals are being cancelled, obviously. That's right. And I can see why it's cancelled, because, you know, it's funny, isn't it? Because you see a lot of people kind of putting the hat in the ring and saying they should do this and this. But realistically, how the business works, it's not that easy. Mm. So it's I feel sorry for a lot of the bands who obviously have been contracted because they only allowed to play that one festival, right? So yeah. I suppose bands like Stonebroken and Wayward Sons, who I know really well, who have been all the hopes on this year have been put on download. Mm. So that's a real shame for them. It's a mm. shame for fans, obviously. We're gutted. I'm gutted because I noticed today, this morning, just before I spoke to you, was, I was trying to organise Call of the Wild, which right. has been postponed yeah. to a day that I, my book releases then. It's all set at Call of the Wild. Obviously, I wrote it before the gig, and yeah. now that's all changed, and I might not be able to make it. And I'm like, oh, no. So it's one of these things. I saw it as mm. a sad, but I just, it's, it's a, it's a funny time, isn't it? Because mm, so. things have been rescheduled, uh, which I completely understand. But at the same time, I also maybe more understand that they're not rescheduling them because they just don't know what's going on. Yeah, no one does. Uh, I, I, I think, it, like you say, I think it's really, really interesting what you say about bands like kind of this pinning a lot of hopes onto download. And what 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 you what he means by that, listeners, is the there's a PR campaign, there's a machine behind a band, so they will have a PR campaign based on social media and whatever that leads up to download, you know, where it ramps up as it gets to, like much like a movie does, before it comes out, you have several trailers, and then there's people who do TV spots and radio spots and stuff to tell you to go to this event, bands do the same, and there's a lot of money at stake here when they kind of lead up to kind of go, okay, and now we're playing download and on this big stage, and there's like, What's that? Um, download do their own kind of uh, metal to the masses as well, don't they? Yeah. Um, and and you think like a young band who's told maybe a, a little bit a while ago, okay, you're playing download now. You've been successful. A young band, you know, playing download. That's massive for, yeah, for a band. It's, it's their big de- debut, and that gets taken away. So they've got to go almost a year potentially where that they may not be together again and stuff. It's incredibly critical to to, 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 yeah. to band success. It's very time. One, we talk about it, one great appearance at a festival can can cement a band's entire legacy. Queen, yeah. you know, there's a perfect example of a band. Before they went on a Live Aid, it, it's often it's often misreported this, that the, 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 no one knew who they were. They, were. they weren't. They were just coming off the back of a tour and stuff. They weren't mm-hmm. as fragmented as the film made out. But they were still not in the public's conscious. People overheard them, but they weren't as big as they, as they were. They go on, do, you know, 30 minutes and come yeah. off cemented in musical and, 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 and social legend, you know. Yeah. And I've seen bands do that. I've seen bands play that set. You know, uh, where it's like they, they suddenly come of age. And a lot of bands, it's when they headline a festival. I mean, Parkway Drive headlining uh, Bloodstock. 
the shit that there was getting thrown around before they when that announcement came out about why how the hell are they and and they came in and loved them hate them whatever they they played a blinder now that that they can now headline festivals they they they've got the card yeah. now I remember Lincoln Park getting download festivals I, and people kicking off about that I remember that and it's funny isn't it because I know Rambler Man which hopefully it's going ahead but I'm doing that and I've got. I'm doing the riser stage, which is great, but it's interesting when people complain about the headliners and saying, well, Linda Skinner obviously headlining, they get that, but rival sons, they can't head, they're not a headline band. And you've got to question, you kind of go, well, yeah, but there might not be a headline band, but this is what makes them a headline band. Blackstone Cherry, yes. the difference when they were headlining, because yeah. they obviously had to up the game, the stagecraft was different, and all of a sudden I was watching them going, you've, you now a headline band, and that's hard work and graft. Mm. But and, and they anticipate the... So expectation of anyone, but yeah, you're right. It's we have to give. You know, I love download. Don't get me wrong, but we were all, I think, a little bit jaded with the same old nine bands. They're kind of like comedians on TV. It's the same nine, you know. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Other bands ago. Totally. I mean, that's the problem, isn't it? People always like bemoan that it's like, oh, it's the same old headlines, and you're like, well, allow us to take a chance with a band so they can be a self-fulfilling prophecy and become a headline band. No, 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 we don't want that. Well, where are we going to be? There's just going to be a chasm that's going to open up between all these young bands that want to become, like Blackstone Cherry, a classic example. They they worked so hard to get these headline positions, and they headline in arenas and stuff in in the States and stuff. They're they're open out and they're still working here. They need that opportunity so they can get the mm. they can get the gold stamp, if you will, and be like, yes, you can headline now. And what happens is, and and Maiden are a perfect example of this when they kind of become becoming really successful. And they went over to Japan and stuff, and that's how you get to live after death. That they get the chance to be on a bigger stage in in Budokans and stuff, and they get to do bigger things and and kind of think bigger almost. You know, yeah. and kind of do that and grow. Bands, for the most part, will grow and they'll write bigger songs and and, and they'll kind of become the, the thing that they should do. If they don't get that chance, doesn't happen. Doesn't happen, Hard, isn't it? And I think that's a weird thing. I think I, I, I like the festivals, and I think you know, and it's weird, isn't it? Because the festivals give them that chance. It also gives them that chance to film or get. I know it's not all about the social media, but it looks great on social media. It looks yeah, brilliant yeah. on. And do you remember yeah. the days? And I suppose I don't know if this is still the case. That band used to have support slots, but that's when the videos were set, so it looked like they were playing to 70,000 people. Yeah. As, yeah. A, as a as a as a fan of that band, that's what you want to see because mm. you want that you know that the that kind of theatre. So yes, yeah, yeah. so yeah, so it's it's a shame they're getting cancelled. It's download and waiting for a rambling man announcement. I know yeah. a lot of the festivals I'm doing have been cancelled or postponed, and I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm on that stage now that people have emailed me saying, can you do this next date? And I'm not even looking at the next date because I, it I seems don't... Hope, it's hopeful, isn't it? That's about it's, as good as it is. It's hopeful. So, it's, I see a lot of the postponed stuff and I think to myself, how can you, how can you? You know what I mean? Yeah. No one knows. No one knows what's going to no happen knows. here. You know, it's, I mean, it's it, it would be perfectly legit, I suppose. Maybe not legit, so long to somebody say, listen, we're not going to do government whoever say let's have no, no massive festivals mm. until the end of the year you know it's it's, it's doable so mm. i don't know it's all it's all very strange in strange times and nobody knows what's going on so yes. i suppose yeah. i just kind of am more i don't know i'm gonna just like it, it's, it's all, see what happens yeah. fire, I think. so so going going to like the first shows that you go to did you yeah. 
Did you develop a voracious appetite straight? Because you do listen to a, a lot of music. And, you know, Pete has a has a radio show as well, uh, where he t- puts on, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of unsigned, huge supporters of the old unsigned, um, and as well as as more accepted artists as well. When you when you first started listening to music, was it voracious appetite straight away? Did you devour everything you were hearing, or? I did. I did. I was one of these. I think I, I listened to music. They were good. I found what I liked, like the rock music. Mm. I listened to it all, and I think a lot of, I don't know if it's just rock music, uh, uh, very music, but I kind of, I feel like we kind of live and breathe it. You know, uh, the minute I knew this is what I love, I was the first person to go and buy my, my T-shirts, my, I know, you know, I, I put posters on the walls, I got Kerrang, I took yeah. the books, you know, and yeah. absolutely, that, that was it, I got a guitar, I got an amp, and I think, I think it's a sense of identity, isn't it? And I don't know. I was very lucky as a kid. I was very happy as a kid, and I and still am. But I think it was that case of this isn't just what a musical listen. This is kind of like a life choice. You know, it's not. Hundred you know, percent. Some yeah. people say to me now, "Oh yeah, like you said, I, I like heavy metal a lot, but I grew out of it." And you're thinking, "Yeah." Well, you didn't like it as much as me then because I utterly loved it. You yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. it was two minutes of pretending I was on that stage or what, and then watching it and seeing that you know the whole, the whole image the long hair the guitar the, the, the fans i thought this mm. is this why wouldn't anybody i looked at people with short hair and thought dude why haven't you got long hair you know <laughs> why haven't you accepted this like why yeah, you accepted, yeah, yeah. I, really, I do not know who motley crew is so it was that kind of i, I suppose like a lot of people then yeah it didn't it never stopped it never kind of obviously as, as your life goes on and you move and you got your knee and do whatever i think maybe things drop off but the love of music is not it's weird my life changed a lot mm-hmm. but the love of music has never changed and what i like's never changed you know yeah. i've always liked when people people uh old stuff and say oh yeah this reminds me of when i was 18 and i'm going oh i listen to that all the time you know i listen yeah. to yeah you know listen I think, to I, I think anybody that makes me feel like um the opening strains of rain and blood or when the the bell tolls for hell's bells or um, you know the the opening drum beats of Ride the Lightning. Where if, if someone can give me that feeling, I, you've got my money for the rest of eternity. Because I feel like I'm 16 again when I hear that. You know, I'll, I, if, if I'm drunk, I will make my way to the dance floor. If I'm, yeah. if, I, it's it, it gives me that kind of it makes me you young again. And anybody who can do that for me has got my money. They've, just, <laughs> they've got they've got me. You know. Um, you're right. And you know what? It sounds when I was I remember the maiden first time a couple of times I saw maiden. And the anticipate, I remember when when you're waiting yes, for them to come yes, on, and yeah. it's like uh, I, I love Aerosmith, and I know Aerosmith kind of is what it is, but why I love them so much? The first time I saw them, and I remember they had a curtain drawn around the stage, and the silhouettes were they were introducing it, and the silhouettes were there, and I thought, you, this is theatre, and of course the curtain blew up, yeah. not down, and I remember just thinking, you've just it is like it's like theatre and kiss, love them or hate them. And I'm I'm in both camps. I think they're I personally I think they're a bit crap. However, they make me happy. So that's life. And I'll happily watch them and laugh at them for an hour and a half, but at the same time go, but you've made me happy. You ridiculous yeah, yeah. off timing fireworks and you I think it's wonderfully ridiculous. It could it's I, just it's just everything is eleven, you know, it's like and you can't take Gene Simmons seriously. Yeah, but he does, which makes it really funny, and that's what I like about it. Played it completely so when i first started the podcast i think one of the first things i said is i wonder if i'll ever have anything to say and that was the same day 
that uh, Gene Simmons said something wild, as he often does, something crazy he said, like, and I was like, as long as he's alive, I'll have material, because he's just, like you say, he, 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 the best comedy is always played straight up, like, played the Absolutely. Best and he does that, he, he, and he has no idea, he's almost a parody. What was it he said, when he said he invented the devil signs, oh, and someone yeah. said, yeah, yeah, but Gene Simmons also thinks he created shoes in the air. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's just this amazing, uh, I think he's fabulous, and I, I think the world's better for having him in it. Well, well that's it, and that's the thing with Kiss, I think that's, I, I listen to music a bit, I mean, I go and see them, I go and see the festivals and stuff, mm. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy it, and enjoy laughing at them, and I, I kind of don't feel guilty, because they're making millions, so it's win-win, they're entertaining yeah. me. And it's kind of, when I watch bands like Steel Panther and what have you, I kind of go, you're not as funny as Kiss. It's like watching some kind of monster by Metallica. Uh, you know, yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah, of like, yeah, yeah. you can't get funnier in this because you genuinely believe that you're not being. Yeah. And that's, Yeah, me, that's, it's, it's interesting you, you bring up Steel Panther because I, I remember seeing them a little, just before, a little bit before they kind of really exploded because they play arenas and stuff and it's crazy. Mm. And, and I remember thinking, I get it, I get it. And about three songs of it, I'm, I'm laughing, that's funny. What they are for an hour and a half? And I was like, it's yeah. like, I get the joke, and I, I get, get what they're trying to do, and it's brilliant. And they are great musicians as well, by the way, and they clearly love the source material. But I was like, uh, an hour and a half of this, and if you see them like yeah. two nights on a run, I'm, I'm just, this, it's like being told a joke over and over again. It's like, I've laughed once, that's enough. Do you know what? Is that absolutely right? And the thing is, like, it's like Spinal Tap's funny. And I think, I think someone once said it. If it, if it is it funny in Spinal Tap? No, well, because <laughs> and it's funny. And it's a Spinal Tap. The funniest thing I've ever saw was I was lucky enough, and I never forget this. I was I lived in I was from Dundee, but I moved to London in '91. Yeah. And weirdly, my mates got tickets to the Freddie Mercury tribute concert, and I didn't. But in Groucho's in Dundee, and it was going back to London the next day, somebody was selling the ticket for, like, face value, over 30 quid or whatever, 20 quid. Oh, so I managed to get there, and it was right at the front, and I'm on the video, you'll see it when I... So you, were at, the, so you were at the tribute show, yeah? Yeah, I was at the tribute, right at the front, and I'm oh, right in front of a Freddie Mercury guy on someone's shoulder, so you could keep, it keeps on panning to me, and yeah. you can always see me three or four times in there. Shit. Because that, that was... I didn't know, as a, as a rock fan... Metallica, Guns N' Roses, Death Row. We didn't opened, know who was coming on. Didn't they open? Didn't Metallica, Metallica open? We saw like because Alan Zurich came out and he was fidgeting with his drums. And as a young rock fan, I'm like, yeah. my God, why is everybody going mad? But no one knew who he was. No, don't give a fuck about them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, it was amazing. And I remember that was it. That was the case. We didn't know. The only disappointment that day was on hindsight. Now I know, but I didn't really. I knew Queen were a rock band. I didn't really get all the, the Freddie Mercury and the gay angle and all that, I didn't really, was unaware of it. Yeah. So when Brian May promised there was a superstar closing off, and I remember standing at the front going, well, Bowie's came on, and Metallica's came on, Guns N' Roses came on, right? Yeah. So all that's left is Rolling Stones or Led Zeppelin. So yes. in my head, yeah. here we go, Liza Minnelli comes on, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yeah, legend, admittedly, legend. admittedly, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah. And it was amazing, and that was the key. So, yeah, oh, that was wow. amazing. And it was weird seeing, as a, as a youngster, seeing all my, like, even watching Bowie and stuff, which mm. on that stage there, and I remember it opened up my mind a bit, because when I left, mm. I was a bit of a rock fan who everything else I didn't like. And I remember going, oh, my God, that George Michael, that Lisa Stansfield, they were dead good. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. the Spinal Tap bit was amazing because yeah. it, it cut when Spinal Tap came out and said, Good night, Wimbledon. It was the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. It was so good. I remember watching it on television uh, and I, I, 
was, I knew it was on, and I was like, I only want to see these people. But then Hetfield came on and did Stone Cold Crazy, yeah. you know, um, and it, stuff. And I was like, shit. And it was all it was almost like cross pollination of stuff. And ended yeah. up like, say, I'm ended up watching Bowie and like, you know, and going, oh shit, yeah, isn't David Bowie's amazing as well? Like, you yeah. know. I mean, I was I was so lucky to get that ticket, and I look back Just at it and go, thirty pounds. It wasn't even thirty. You know what? I don't think it was. I think it was cheaper. And yeah, I think I remember it. Groucho's window said, oh, and at the time, you mm. say that to people, now they're like, that's ridiculous. People would travel to Dundee to London. But at the time, it wasn't that easy. You no. couldn't just jump on a National Express or whatever. So I was going anyway. I'm like, oh, my God, it was incredible. And I didn't know, like I said, we didn't know who, what was happening. We didn't get it. Yeah. And I remember it was a really hot day. I was really thirsty. I didn't have a drink on me. But it, it, these things don't matter because it was there. Yeah, and, it just transcends that. Like, God, yeah. yeah, so that was, that was it. And as a Queen fan, but... Metallica, I remember coming into Sandman Sabbath True, nothing else matters. Even Def Leppard, who I was never a big fan of. Yeah. Uh, but even watching them going, this is old on here, what? And not understanding, looking behind me and not understanding why everyone wasn't transfixed to the stage. Yeah, that, why, aren't you, why aren't you amazed at this? And you're like, why aren't you yeah. amazed at Hetfield going, hmm, a lot, you know. But you look <laughs> at Guns N' Roses, but even, you know, in hindsight, I've, I've, seen, I've seen them a lot of times since, and roughly that time. Yeah. And how good were they for the two or three songs? And sitting yeah, with yeah. Alice Cooper, and I'm like, does anybody... What, what? And I remember just doing a massive Alice Cooper fan as well. So, yeah, yeah that was amazing. That was that was great. I'll never I'll, I'll never have a concert like that. I'll never relive it, I think, because... That's that's, it, a, that's one of, like, when people talk about the greatest concerts of all time, That's that makes probably a lot of people's top ten. That's yeah. And along was, with and was, Live Aid and stuff, you know. It and, was just so lucky, and I think... Mm. One of the things that get oh, it grips my shit, it really does, is when you go, I wouldn't go, I don't know if you've ever been to Hyde Park yeah, in the summer. Yeah. And actually, a lot of the bands, they're not music fans, they go there, and every time I go and see someone there, like, what is this, Stevie? I'm a big Stevie Wonder fan. People are having picnics, and they're, they're facing the other way, and they're chatting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's weird, at, isn't it? It's weird to think, actually, if that Freddie Mercury tribute was now, and it was in Hyde Park, yeah. half the people would just be Instagramming it, uh, uh, tweeting it, and... Exactly. It, and I'm yeah. very lucky to be in a position that there was no phones, and I remember just mm. for the whole day, utterly transfixed on that stage. Even, like you said, with the Donaton thing, even, it wasn't even the case of, well, he's Lisa Stansfield, I'm going to go for a piss. It was a case of, I'm at the front, and I'm not losing the spot, and everyone on stage, I can't believe I'm here watching, you know, it was... It's, it's funny. It's funny you should say that because my biography is going to be called Hazley Stansfield. I'm going for a piss. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's an interesting. <laughs> yes, you cool. I'm going for shit. <laughs> that's it. That's the that's second one after. <laughs> but so you, you're going to show. It's interesting you mentioned guitar because there's one of the things I've been dying to ask you is, is did you do you play an instrument? Yeah, no, I'm shit. I used to. Like, so I used to play guitar and I probably shit. So I used to be. And my best mate's a guitarist, and um, when I, I was just rubbish, and then when I got older, I thought I'd get lessons, I must have been 20, I don't know, 25, 26, so I'm going to get lessons again, I've got this guitar, mm. I'm going to get proper lessons, and even the music teacher, the guitar teacher said to me, right, this is about eight or nine weeks in, he said, you're doing everything I'm asking you to do, your knowledge of it is understandable, you get it, you're doing your homework, you understand it all, you're just shit. And I said, but I, I don't, I don't, Where's I don't, teacher, you and I said, I don't know what it is, I'm doing everything right, and he goes, he goes, you know what, I hope you don't mind me, I said, no, I don't, because it's true, and my best mate, he said, you're right, you've always been shit, and he goes, even when I'm, when you're, I, I, it's one of these things that I can't do, and there's a part of me that says, oh, well, I shouldn't take that, but the other part says, well, do you know what, I think, mm. like a lot of things, but when I, because I'm so shit, when I watch it, when I watch or listen to somebody play the guitar, even now I go, 
how did you do that? And people go, oh, that crap guitarist. I'm like, well, yeah. to me, they're amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I've I, I kind of dabbled in it, but my, my, my just crapness got over me, you know. <laughs> I was like, really funny. Like a lot of kids. Like a lot of kids, I think I wanted my guitar like James Hetfield done to my knees, you know. Yeah. But actually, realistically, I'm sitting in the chair up to here playing the C chord. <laughs> so, you know, I'm thinking, struggling I can't life. do this. So yeah, so, I just thought I'd appreciate where, it instead. Where did you like life take you then when you sort of left school and stuff then? What happened oh. then? Because you, you're listening to music and stuff. What are you doing as the day job, if you will? Yeah, so I went, uni, I went to uni and I, mm. I, I did lots. I went travelling, I went behind bars, uh, coffee shops, box offices, did a lot of jobs. Been man postman. But for the last 20, 30 years, I've been teaching, the teacher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but accidentally getting into it, you know, I did a PGCA, I didn't really think, I thought I'd be really crap at it, I thought I'd hate it, but at the time I was working in the box, in the World Festival Hall box office, which mm-hmm. I loved, but it was closing, it, must, it was closing, that was, it was 1996 or 7, so it was closing for a couple of years, I remember, so we all had to look for the job, so we thought, well, I'll do a PGCA, you know, I won't work for a year, and since then, I've loved it. So what, and, did, you, what, what did you teach? What was the, what was the specialist? I teach science, uh, because... Okay. I got my biology degree, and the reason I got my biology degree in it is because mm-hmm. when I left school, biology, you know, I was looking at, I loved, you know, I loved being at home, I loved Scotland, I loved Dundee, I got my own mum, but I got an opportunity to go and, it was a polytechnic in Elephant and Castle, but let's just call it a university in London, yeah. and I thought to myself, you know what, I'm 18, why not move to London, That's, why wow. wouldn't you? You know, so I did, and that was that's it. Fearless, that though, Pete. That's fearless. That's. that's uh, I, I think I was really young. You, you may, you may not have seen it that way, but mm. you know, in hindsight, eighteen-year-old lad moving to. It was eighteen. It was just oh, after eighteen. But yeah, you're right, and it was weird because I was the first one out of all my mates to move. And I remember at the time people going, "God, you're moving miles away." But then maybe five or six years later, people in Dundee moved to New Zealand and into. Yeah, to, the world's open. Well. Yeah. I remember that time. I remember being. It was odd. I remember my best mate Grant coming down to visit, and he's like, "This is strange." He lived in like a squat, and he's knowledge, yeah. which wasn't very posh at the time. And looking back at it, actually, I look back at when I was eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and thinking, "Bloody hell!" Do you know what? That's I look. I look at kids now and go, "You're rubbish." Do you know what I mean? <laughs> You're some rubbish kid. <laughs> I often romanticise a lot of these things, but uh, when you travel down on your, your National Express or the train or wherever you got down there. What was that like heading down there when you were like... Do you know what? I remember, right? Okay, speaking of Lou Reed, I love my rock music, but my favourite ever cassette was Transformer by Lou Reed. It was one of my favourite ever... That's a great album. That's a great album. It's just... it's, And I remember... I'll never forget... And again, maybe I'm romanticising this, but I'm sure I'm not. I remember on National Express... Just, just listening to like Satellite of Love, you know, and, and just yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, New York Telephone Exchange, and and that was yeah, it was weird. I, but then you suppose you get down to this place and you're fearless. But then I started a sort of polytechnic, and nobody, nobody was from around London, so it was, mm. it was weird. I loved it because you, you're you're with a bunch of strangers, and they always say to people you should go to study, not because of the topic, because you're that you're in a world that's completely new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love them. I'm good mates now. I went, you know, from Devon and whatever. And yeah, no, that was great. I, so I loved, did you, I did you find that one of the ways you would connect with some of these people is that you would have similar music tastes? No, it was odd. Uh, I didn't think so until a mate of mine, Ian, who I'm good mates with, he looked at his, his short hair, he looked very sensible. He kind of wore <laughs> T-shirts and jeans, you know, like he, yeah, he dressed yeah. like his dad. Yeah. And it, we went around, in it went on together. And it was just, I remember he was listening to something and i said well hold on you oh you're, you're whistling 
Van Halen or was a White Snake? I can't remember which yeah. one. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah. And I thought, did I really like this music? He's like, yeah. And just because it didn't, so hmm. but a few people liked. It. I think it was uncool then still. And I always talk about school, how uncool it was to like the music I like. Mm. And even then, I was a little bit, I shouldn't be, but I was a little bit, not, I've been embarrassed. I think people used to go, what music do you like? And you just go, uh, mm, mm, oh, Metallica. And you were, you were quite ashamed yeah, of it. You would, call, you would call, people would call me uh, a sweat uh, yeah. or a mosher um, as a derogatory term. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, you used to get that. But then that's an element of school, isn't it? That they just find something about you that they can wrap yeah. me in. If you're very tall, I never very had that at school because I was, I was mixed race. I had long hair. A lot of people didn't really. I was. I'd so much sort of difference yeah. that it was quite nice. But I do remember. Uh, I had early on. I had a lot of piercings, and at a time you really didn't get away with it. But I did because uh, I, I thought it was really cool, and I wanted to look like you know my heroes and the bands. But yeah. I remember the head teacher said to me, "Well, Pete, you've got uh, piercings. You need to get rid of them." Or is that cultural? I'm like, yeah, it's cultural. <laughs> <laughs> It was it, and I think, do you know what? I'm mixed race, and I like heavy metal music. And back to that, it was. I talk about this quite a lot because I was a dark. Apart from my dad, I was the darkest person that I ever saw. So right. it wasn't my. I loved the music, but I thought this is my kind of music. I'm going to these gigs. I'm seeing the videos. There's, there's only white people, you know. Right, and yeah. I should be. I no think really, I should be in my map because I'm, I'm darker than everyone else. And at yeah. the point, I didn't really know any of blacks. I assumed I was black. But right. I remember watching, uh, i never forget it, watching Raw Power and Living yeah. Colour came on. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Whoa. And this, some, this, the, uh, this year, I was backstage and I was just chatting to people. And I, was, I don't really get starstruck, but I met Vernon Reed and I was saying, oh, listen, uh, and I told him the story. It's like, yeah. brother, that's amazing. Yeah. So that was it for me. That was a big that's thing, awesome. saying, hold on, yeah, these, these black dudes are playing rock music. Mm. So I kind of never thought to myself, I was never into a category, so it was... Yeah, I was, a, I was a rocker and I had the hair and stuff. But then yeah. because it was mixed race, that people identified me more for that mm. than the rock stuff. And oh, at university, okay. yeah, I was, and then at university, people identified me more, I think, from being, like, looking Greek or Italian, because I had, like, really long hair, but having a Scottish accent. Yeah. And being, like, they all called me Muhammad Braveheart, which I find quite funny, which was a great nickname. <laughs> uh, and I think... So my, the, the, the identity of, oh, I've never, from the external point of view, people haven't picked up on the music side of mm. it. You know, now I've got lost my hair and stuff. It's, it's, it's the same thing. A lot of people now go, oh, I'm surprised you like that music. It's like, well, yeah. you know, so I've always had, like, I had long hair, and, but I think it always looked like maybe that was my culture. That was, it was odd. It was quite lovely. I loved it. Yeah. But I so, uh, to... if, if we were talking a timeline, you're in you're in London around what sort of year are we at now? I'm in London from '91 to last year. So, wow. yeah, a long so time. In, so... in, in, in the early '90s, you 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 must have seen some shows. Certainly, some yeah, shows. I know. You know, so in '91, Academy and stuff must have been I, like you know like a I moved to time. London. Uh, I moved to London. I moved around, around the corner from Brixton mm-hmm. uh, for the Brixton Academy, and I remember it was just that time. I remember saying I'm moving to London, and the reason why I chose London, to be honest, is because you remember Faith No More, yeah. like the live Brixton video came out, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I thought, hold on here, I'm, I'm, and my mate kept on coming, and I was every weekend I was going to Brixton Academy, we were there, we were studying yeah. in Elephant Castle, and to me it was amazing, and my mate came down, Grant, he kept on going, oh my God, Brixton Academy, this is it's hallowed tough, you know, and it's still open yeah, it's to train, yeah. 
Yeah. And to me, it's, and it's still one of the most beautiful venues. You know, you, you look in, it looks like you're outside. outside with, yeah, with the round thing, and it was, they always put the art all there, and it's amazing. Just what a venue. Yeah. It's, it's hallowed ground. It is hallowed it is, ground. And, and even now, you can go there, and it, and we've discovered if you go upstairs, you can stand at the bar, and it's just yeah. it's amazing. So, yeah, that's why I moved to London. And and I still, I've always spent my money going to gigs. You know, mm. just, just, I just I just love that music. So that's yeah. never changed at all. Uh even though we went traveling and stuff, I tried to get a gig here or there, you know. So yeah. that's one thing is never, this is what, it's, it is weird for everyone now, but not having a gig for the next two or three months. Weird, is, isn't it? It's weird. Weird. It's weird. Very strange. So when did, when did comedy sort of come in? I mean, we'll have, you would have had like, uh, you know, Spinal Tap and I, I imagine uh, Bad News and that type of thing. You would have been around that because of the yeah. music. When did comedy kind of come I've in? I've never mixed the two. I've never thought of mixing the two. It's never been right. a thing I've done. But about, I started doing comedy maybe 10 years ago. I went to a local club. Mike thought practice it in Cavendish and Stockwell. Hmm. I've done it ever since. I've always loved it. Ran a few nights in London. Stopped it for a bit. Started it for a bit. Stopped it for a bit. And I was doing a tour, and I'd done a tour called 20 Years of Teaching and One Angry Rant, and I loved it. So I thought, actually, it sounds awful, but then people were, I was, I was doing these gigs around the country, and people were stopping me and talking about teaching. I thought, I don't want to talk about teaching. What do I want to talk about? Oh, about music. So then I figured I want to write a new tour, all based on love of music. So was, for those about to laugh, and uh, I thought this would be great. And I did that, and I did about seven, eight shows. Now, it wasn't as busy as before, because, of course, the audience aren't a more... The stand-up audience don't really... Maybe not particularly fans of the rock world, and the rock fans were like, well, mm. we're not into comedy. We've got bands. Yeah. And, and it was just then, doing it, that Toby Jebson picked it up. Uh, and that was the weirdest moment, I think probably the weirdest moment in my life, because he said, I love what you're doing. Uh, I think it's great. I've seen your bits and pieces of your stuff. I think it's brilliant. absolutely love it. Can you think about supporting the Wayward Sons? And he explained who the Wayward Sons were. And I'm like, dude, I've got a ticket for you for the London show. I went to see you at Ramblerman last year. I'm a massive fan of... Yeah. So that was weird. So after a lot of tuning and from being in a, in a split of arm with Wayward Sons and touring with them while doing my comedy. And a lot of people didn't like it. They thought it was an odd idea. Get that. Toby loved the idea from the punks and the, you know, the poetry and stuff. Yeah. I still I still see people now. People come up to me at gigs and say, oh, mate, I thought it was a crap idea. And I told Toby, but it was okay. And I thought, yeah, great. And it, but it worked. Yeah. And I got a lot of, I got a lot of, made a lot of new fans, I suppose. And mm. uh, yeah, it's worked really well. And because it talked about, and it was all about, the defending the music. So like I said before, I think when yes, I was a kid, yes. I was a bit ashamed of it. And now I think, I mean, Tim, you, you're, you're, and I always talk about this. You see, you ask girls out and they said, no, cause you had an ACDC t-shirt. And now these, these adults have got kids of their own and they're dressing them up in Primark and addressing them up as ACDC and, and Guns N' yeah. Roses t-shirts. Yeah. And we're like, listen, we earned this. We went through a lot of shit for this. Mm. You know, mm. and I kind of feel yeah. they've taken our identity. It's a nice thing, but they've taken their identity away a little bit. You know, they've kind of... Mm. And it's like, do you remember the Ramones t-shirts? And I remember... Yes, yes. I, I said, right, name a Ramone. I'll give you a clue, right? Yeah. All, but, tell oh, us an I'm album. Not, just take an album or take... Let them not necessarily a song. Just tell us an album. Any, anything. Anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, who are they? And, that yeah. was, and, it, and it shouldn't have annoyed me, but it did, I think, mm. for a while, because I thought, you've got Guns N' Roses t-shirt on. Do you know what I mean? I've, it, mm. you, I got laughed at that. So... That was the set was about. It was kind of defending that. I was laughing at a lot of the bands, but in a nice way. So 
yeah that and that's where it's came from and of course that it's it's from that i've gone on to hosting the compare and the festivals yes which is yeah. great and it, to me it's like well i'll be at this festival anyway and, and, and a lot of well bands, get up and, yeah, yeah yeah and a lot of the bands seem to enjoy it because i think like everyone i don't mean this in a nasty way at all you're going up to perform your ego's there you've got to, you've got to prove yourself they want a massive build-up you know, that, and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. to the performer, I could imagine, you know, to stand up. But when you hit the stage and you're bang, bang, people mm. are drifting in. You're wanting them in from the go-get. And I think yeah, my yeah, job yeah, is to yeah. get them in. So I make a big noise. They hear me. They don't necessarily listen to me, but they, they come along. So mm. when the band are on, the audience are ready. And I one think of that's- my, One of my remits when I uh, hosted Metal to the Masses uh, to myself was to... I went to well, when I, often I would go to download. We talk about download, and I would see Crusher would come out yeah. before an act. Quick joke, quick whatever. Big yeah. up the band, and then the band would come on. He'd play for time if there, if there was a technical problem. Yeah. Well, you know, and and I was like, that's 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 what I need to do. I need to yeah. get everybody ready for this band so they they can come out with their best song straight away, and everybody's that's on it, it and, and we're fucking and we, it's go time. And that was my remit, and and I think what's what's anybody listening that, that does see Pete in a live situation the most infectious thing that comes across when you can see you introducing bands is you're just genuinely happy to be there genuinely yeah. a fan a, 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 like a heart not only on a sleeve on a flag that you're waving <laughs> before the crowd like you know i think it's uh, there's something incredibly infectious about that that comes from from on the stage oh, and that's that's the reason why you've been asked to do these things mate because you're, you're what, I, what I lovingly call a lot of people I have on the show a defender of the faith and see mm. it as such as see it as a powerful movement, it's a powerful thing and a powerful presence. So when did doing the comedy uh, and, and all that type of thing, when did the, the onus come on to, to write a book? Because you've wrote a book. Yeah, so I wrote well, a book. Actually, to, to technically speaking. So what one yeah. resurrection mill, and this was just because I stopped doing the comedy for a while, but I need to keep myself active. I, I like being busy. And I'm not by any means a writer, as you would know if you've read a book, but I'm not sure. But I, uh, I read this article in Dundee, where I'm from, and I knew about the grave digging situation and the body snatching in, in Glasgow and Edinburgh especially. Yeah. Not much about it in Dundee, but I didn't realise I just read this tiny article, and it says, and it's a fact, a factual piece that said that the body snatching was so bad that when these kids were dying, this 11-year-old died, 9-year-old, sorry, and... The dad was so scared his body would get dug up that he put a gunpowder like around the, around the body. Yeah. And that night when he went to sleep, he heard the explosion. And, you know, that was it. That's how bad it was. And I thought, hold well, on here. Dundee's not really known for this. And then I did a little bit of research and I realised that's how the police force was made because of this. So I just thought, I'm going to write about this. And I had an idea. And then I tried. I, I wrote a book about it. And that was fine. And I'd kind of forgotten about it until sort of Toby and the Wayward Sons lot said bring it on tour and I'm like well I can't bring my book on tour because it wouldn't sell yeah. so I kind of gave them all away and I, I lost a fortune on that and then I realised towards the end of the tour that people were buying them you know I thought oh yeah. god yeah. so then I thought well and I want to write I like writing but then I wrote a new one it's out Wednesday and I just thought well actually I want to write about a comedy because I really want to write more of a comedy but it's about what I know because it's about and actually the a lot of the bands are struggling now, as you know, and because we're mm. in there, I think because we're in the system, we all know them. So I could talk about Riders Creed or, or whatever band, and I, I expect everyone knows them. But mm. actually, to the other side world, it's a very small community. Yeah. 
So I've wrote this new book and it's it's based as fiction, it's based on a fictional character, but a lot of bands are in it. And the reason I've done it is it's comedy, but it's about it's about a band who are trying to make it. Like mm. a new wave, whatever term it is. Yeah. And uh, trying to wait trying to make it but why i've done it is i'm hoping other people might read it and read about about whatever whatever band have mentioned there like say midnight city or wayward sons or whatever and a thea and they kind of go who are this thea i'm going to google them oh hold on i quite like them mm-hmm. yeah, and if yeah. it was one album i've done it makes one person more aware of these bands outside mm-hmm. there because i think for the for the rock community for the bands we need to do something different i mean we just not as we know the tickets are five or ten i was still not getting the numbers we want for the gigs apart from download it's different we need to do something different and i think maybe this might be something slightly different i don't know i will say but it is it is fascinating to me you like we've got mutual friends like nikki from the rocket dolls and stuff and how long they've been going the quality of the work that they've been doing and still you know still not where they i would say what should be you know and it's it's that's crazy you know what i did when i brought my arm was at nikki's gig in december and october and nikki being nikki is the nicest man on earth as you know and my mates came down from london to watch it and they're like oh my god they're amazing so yeah yeah and actually, with the logo and with the name and obviously third album coming out and whatever, you could see the professionalism. But mm. for an outsider, I think as an outsider, you would assume they were getting thousands of thousands every gig. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, most definitely. It's, it's, so, it's so well produced and well put together. They know exactly yeah. what they are. Every yeah. time I took my friends to see them when they played up here... Uh, they've always been like these are a polished act like in, in the go in all the good sense like you know stage performance and everything you know it's and it's crazy i've known nikki for a long time and it you know it, it, i think every time i haven't spoke to him for maybe a couple of weeks and send him a message i'm always like how are you not big yet how are you not cut to you and it just yeah. it, it baffles me you know it's and especially so- with, with him as well because he's such a personality such a big yeah, loud I mean, and a lovely way I've, I've actually got my book here and uh, i'm just gonna if you the first thing the first thing i've written in it is to nikki smash do you know what i mean because yeah he's, he's yeah. like dude oh my god dude yeah. um but yeah it's it's so frustrating and i don't think and i, I know it's a sense of theater so if you don't if you don't know i think you, you assume that all these bands are making millions of pounds and what have you yeah you know and i remember last week nikki the van broke down didn't it nikki's mm. the, the thing and they couldn't they couldn't support i can't remember jackson Roxanne maybe and people were saying, yeah, we'll get there before you. And I'm thinking, going, you don't understand. They won't get there. They can't get Absolutely. a plane. But I think people, are, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Nicky, yeah. He, he makes me, he does make me laugh. But yeah, you're right. It's just, so I think maybe you've mentioned, and I've mentioned as many bands as I can, mm-hmm. all the bands who I really like, a few of the bands who will remain unnamed. Some of them are the Eagles, sometimes I've, I've kind of swiped them out of it <laughs> you sure, know? yeah yeah it's carefully deleted yeah carefully have deleted. you ever thought about doing it as, a, as an audio book like it seems seems you like know you what know. i might do and i think i might and it's, it's interesting because i'm gonna what i was thinking of is ryan or nicky but ryan from riders creed who is such you know a, a person himself getting him to like even reading out a chapter so getting all these yeah you get each person to do a chapter yeah i do that yeah. i got no problem at all doing that i was thinking of doing that i mean it's, yeah. it's, all, it's all gone a bit piton because i'm really excited about wednesday the releases out and then of course uh because of all the all the hoo-ha that's going on in my naive head it won't it won't it won't change my book launch but of course it does because yeah. i've ordered a few paperback copies 
So a lot of people are going to order them on Amazon, but they've said, I can order them from you. Can you write a little note in them? It's like, yeah, cool. Yeah. So I've ordered it, but now the delivery is taking weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks yes. away. So it's yeah, yeah. not seen as important, which is absolutely fine. Mm. So even then, the launch, it was oh, for Wednesday, it was a big launch, and I just kind of, it's, as everyone in the same situations, it's like, oh, great. It's just kind of dribbled off. Yeah, but yeah. I was going to have that. I was going to have, like, uh, Ryan or Nikki and, and all these people just reading a little bit. Yeah, out. read a chapter like you could. You know, listen, you can still do that. You know, you yeah. can still by the majesty of uh, of technology, you can. I might do actually. So I think it all comes out on Wednesday. It's just you know? it all comes out on Wednesday. It's just people won't get their physical hands on. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's fair enough. I mean, I have all the problems and and a set at a festival, set at Call of the Wild, mm. but now Call of the Wild has been formed, <laughs> and now yeah. the, the lineups all being changed. I'm like. Yeah, tough. You know, it's, yeah. what can you do? What you know, what can you? Yeah, but you know? it's, it strikes me, and far be it to put words in your mouth, but it strikes it strikes me that you're one of those people that like has long since given up the worry about what bad could happen, and only concentrate now on what good could could happen. If yeah, I said to you, they're, they're probably going to cancel Call of the Wild, as you were just thinking about when you were going to release your book, and you, you I, I'm I dare say you might just say, listen, I'm going to, it's going out anyway. We've yeah. missed all the while, but but it's not going to stop me moving forward. Yeah. And the reason a reason I kind of bracket it in that sense is because the thing that got from the stand up thing that you showed me was this wonderful um, positive message that came through all of what you were doing that permeated it through when you talked about depression and anxiety and that type of thing. And I thought that that was an incredibly powerful message to anybody, not necessarily with the first book because that's kind of almost. A, it, it's sort of almost like a sort of transcript of a fact type of a factual event. Yeah. But certainly with the live show and certainly with the stand-up show, um, the wonderful positivity born from this as well, um, which I thought was very infectious. Uh, it certainly uh, encouraged me to do some things and step a little oh. bit out of my circle as well. And and I just want to say that you, you, and I said this before, I think I said this when I said the message to you about um, when you sent me the stand-up show and it, what did you think? That, um, you're not just playing for yourself here. Um, mm. Other people are watching what you're doing, me, for, certainly, for example, and going, okay, this guy here is doing this and doing this. Hold on. I can do that. And it's mm. incredibly important that you continue to do those things as well. So these things will set us back. But like I say, that positive message that permeates what you're doing, I yeah. cannot tell you how much I thank you for that, Pete. Oh, uh, God, that's an incredibly it. big part of what, what, what makes up what you, I think you're trying to do there, you know? Yeah. Oh, nice. And it, thank you for that. It's really nice because I do, and, about, and, I, and I say this, and people go, oh, don't put yourself down. But it's true, and I don't mean it in a bad way. But it's interesting for me because a lot of people say, why would you do this? And I mm -hmm. kind of say, well, because... I'm like, and I mentioned before, I'm like the kid who's got no talent but wants to be on that stage. And I'm just like, go mumble a few words and piss off and get the band. But it's fine because I get that. And and yeah. it's it's so nice for me to be able to go, well, actually, I see these guys, how the music, the musical wise, even comedians and stuff, go, oh, my God, couldn't imagine having that talent. But for me, it's just, well, I'm going to do it. And if I enjoy it, I'm going to do it. And if people watch it or listen to it, great. Hopefully, read it, great. I hope they will. And if they don't, they don't. But... I kind of hope through it all, like I said, I think it's an age thing as well. You get a certain age that you realise life's too short. Mm. And if I was 18, 19 now, I would be an absolute cock. Because imagine when you're at festivals, you kind of believe the hype. Yeah. And you expect, why don't, Why haven't a million people bought my book? Well, yeah. now, if, every, if, I, if I make a sale, I'm like, yes, that's really nice. I hope they enjoy it, you know? Yeah. 
and somebody at the festival, uh, it was just, oh, what, what festival was it last year? And it was Rambler Man. It might have been another one. Somebody shouted out, which I loved, right? And they, they apologised. I, I love them. No, well, they shouted out to me. It was in a field. And I went, Pete, I've read your book. I thought it was going to be shit, but it was actually quite good. And I thought, that's the nicest headphone ever. Well. Yeah, he's like, he's put some, there's a, there's a paragraph there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought, you know what? And he apologised afterwards. I'm like, why are you apologising, dude? That was... That was amazing. <laughs> like, you know, I would have been like, I would have been like, I read yours and shit. Anyway, the next panel. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I had a couple of hecklers at Metal to the Masses as well, and I was like, fucking, I loved it. I was like, Love fucking, it. it's right that someone's fucking. I've heckled. learned from doing this is at first a lot of the people, and there's always a sensible adults get annoyed at you because they think you're taking out the band's time, right? Yeah, that's the misconception. Yeah, and that's a misconception. But now I've realised I love it when they do because they'll just stop and go, right, I'll be speaking to the band, and they, they give me an extra 10 minutes, they're going to knock off a song. <laughs> and then if they can realise, they realise then, actually, do you know what, you, you, we're being yeah. tits. Because yeah. then, and then usually, it, work, it depends on what band you do it from, but I did it with, no, I can't, do you know what, it was a great, it was quite a big band, and I did it. And from the side, they shouted out, yeah, Pete, carry on, we'll knock off. And it was such a nice <laughs> thing to do. And yeah. all of a sudden, the audience realised, actually, you guys know each other. You're on the same yeah. side. You're on the same side. Yeah. Wait, what's It was really interesting because the first couple of gigs, I was a bit more nervous. They thought I belonged to the venue. Mm. It was okay. As the tour went on, and as Toby made sure, made clear to everyone on social media, we were all touring together, we're all part of a group. Yeah. And I, I and I talked about, and people tested me. So I went in the audience. You know, I was, I was watching in the audience, and people mm. were testing me on little angels and stuff. And the minute they know that you're a genuine fan. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. You can see them relaxing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm saying. And that's fair enough. Because the whole stick was about being a fan. So it was, that was fair enough. So that was interesting. It was that kind of, and one one guy heckled. It's it's online. I know him really well now, right? He's, he shouted, I do do joke about Gene Simmons. And he shouted out, Gene Simmons, wanker, right? Which is funny. Yeah. And he got a lot of abuse for that. And people going, oh, you're you're heckling him. I did him a comic. Like, that's. That's that, what I want. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. But now every gig I did after that, the minute I meant put that Gene Simmons post picture up, everyone shouts out, Wang out, which <laughs> and I keep on saying to him, You don't understand, you've made my job a hundred times easier. Yeah. Because this yeah. is what we need, you know, yeah, and he's now got off fair enough. I, I, what I found interesting, certainly when I was uh, I was comparing bands and like the, the fallacy, like you say, is that you're taking time off. And in reality, even if you're fucking really great at the changeover, it's still about 15 minutes. Um, yeah. it, and the last, and you know what? The, 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 the easy thing to do is throw some music on, and no one's ever listening to it, whatever yeah. it is. No one ever listens to it. And I'd like, I remember going out and being like, and go, okay, we've got 15 minutes. And then about halfway through the 15 minutes, the, the promoter going, the fucking bass rig's gone down, and keep going, give me the keep going sign. Yeah. And I'm like, when you're a beginning comedian, and I'm not a comedian, um, when I'm a beginning comedian, no one's got fucking 10 minutes. And I'm just going like, <laughs> no, no. no one's got that. <laughs> but he started, didn't have fucking 20 minutes in him. He didn't. He have a solid like three, four, five minutes. Yeah. And then now it's like, I was watching like, like say your stand-up thing and you're going like an hour and a half, maybe even longer. And you, you're talking about all this stuff. And I thought to myself, that's kind of what I what I'd like to to do as well, like like to, to go to go longer and deeper. Have you thought about like because you've done the book and see mm. where I'm kind of leading with this to, to do a special like a like for all intents and purposes like a Netflix special like that type I of thing. I would love to. You I think, when you film, you know. 
Yeah, no, it was a great idea because I did, but the one you watched, it was a strange one because it was like a spoken word stroke stand-up and it was a very odd one because it had a really odd uh, audience. And I mean odd, a lovely audience. All the Rocket Dolls were an audience. Yeah. Bruce was an audience. So it was really nice, but I didn't want it to be, like I said, I, I, I wanted to pick that up. I wanted to do a special. So it wasn't mm. just an hour and a half of comedy. It was a story. Yeah, that, all, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and I, yeah, I do. And I really want to do that. And I'm actually thinking now with all this crisis going ahead, and everything going ahead. I had to cancel my tour, which is a real shame. But mm. I, I'll go back on the road. But I'm thinking, actually, maybe now's a chance to do that, to actually mm. film that and just put it out there. And, and yeah. you know, I think, again, when you realise there's no money to be made from it, it makes it a lot easier. Because then you can go, mm. well, I don't mind if if it's free. I don't care, you know. So I think yeah, yeah. I might do that, polish up, do my set. I've been writing on writing new stuff. But it's all yeah. kind of same theme. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I would love that. I would love a Netflix like special, like an hour. Definitely. Yeah, because I think, like, because for those who are listening, uh, Pete originally would have been uh, touring with this, mm. this this spoken word show, um, and obviously because of circumstances that have, that have happened, that that's that's we're, we're going to do that at another date. That's what I'd like to do. I'd like to have yeah, do yeah. a record, you know. And I suppose the modern equivalent is Netflix. But I think that that's I think people would I think people would probably be receptive to a live production of your book. From what yes, I've read, about that, I think okay. I, I don't think it's too un- unbelievable a concept to think to do a live yeah. production of what right. you, you were doing there. You know, I think it's I think it's totally possible. But yeah. you listen, you know, I mean, I'm sure a lot of these you, you, you've considered and stuff like you know. Um, I keep on uh, I, honest. I I kind of think of ideas and then go it's a crap idea and forget about it. You know, and uh, no, no, definitely always always willing to to hear new ideas. So what's, what's the kind of initial next moves and then the longer term moves you've got planning yourself now? So no, what? the book comes out on Wednesday. Yeah, book comes out on Wednesday. And I'll put a link so people can buy the book as well um, you know, on, on, on this podcast. That, that'd be great. So then the book comes out. Is the tour then kind of just postponed now until you can kind of uh, see which way the world's going to? Yeah. Away, I'm quite lucky because the tour, because I haven't got a band, because I haven't got, I mean, I had some great, great, uh, I had some great support acts, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait till it all dies down, everything's back to normalish, and then I can just... The good thing is with my tour is because I just need really me and the support acts, are, and I haven't got a project to bring one of them, so I can actually... It doesn't have to be... I, I, I'd done it, so it was touring really well, but yeah. I can be any time or anywhere, and I can... So... Mm. What I'm going to do is release this book Wednesday, uh, have a think about how to get my show on, on, online, and mm. then I, I suppose the next, when, when it all dies down a bit, I think the next stage is to see what I'm doing with the tour, and, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm planning a new one, but yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a funny time at the minute, isn't it, because mm. maybe it's just me, but I just can't really put my mind to it, I can't really, because I can't see, because I haven't got definite dates, because we don't know. It's, I think that's the case, I should really think of a longer term plan, doing a few festivals, but of course, I, I don't know. I might have to do something. I, I kind of like doing different things. So mm. maybe you might. Know, maybe do something else with the book. I just do something slightly different. I love doing the festivals and the gigs I'm doing because I've been there mm. anyway. I don't do a gig that I wouldn't want to go to. That's that's the rule, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't turn it in, as they say. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah so so with with the current climate the way it is, let's let's. Put to the side the, the the pandemic and stuff, and, and it will yeah. end, and and and, yeah. and normality, if you will, for want of a better word, will resume, and, and and shows will resume again. What are some of the biggest challenges that you think face the, the live music industry? Is it is it just bums on seats? Is it just people in venues? And how do we get past that? 
It's hard, isn't it? Because, I mean, I think, and I'm no expert, but you think a lot of people are having to go to venues for putting on cover bands or what have you. Mm. But you can see why, because they get the bums on seats and people want to hear songs that they know. And then, of course, you've got, there's so many newer great bands coming, but again, a lot of people aren't aren't going out to see them. And Mm. I can can see both sides. I don't know how cheap the tickets are. On a Mm. Wednesday evening, most people sit and want to sit in their pants and watch they just do and it's and it's and the scene that i well i'm sure you know but the two know is it's it is a slightly older crowd to Mm. me it's getting the youngsters in now this is that if we only knew the answer we'd be millionaires true how how do you get the how do you get the kids in there and Mm. you just i just i don't know we we, we maybe i would venture for for with this is that we may be an interesting junction now because of this pandemic it will change listening and 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 gig going habits like you know yeah. if bands now have been i've seen quite a few live streams now where the production quality has been very good for a band very good it's not just been a band in a rehearsal room it's yeah. been a band kind of with lights and 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 proper yeah the sound quality has been very scam, good yeah now i'm I, I, I if i wanted to see i don't know say there's a band playing and they don't ever come over to to england and i want to see them that sounds like a very real prospect if i can watch them for 10 pounds 20 pounds i'd be like maybe that's it I mean, yeah. you're never going to replicate the, the, the you know, the, the live experience, but I don't know. I think we're, we're some of the, the, the maybe the, the next generation or coming up now, uh, the more inclined to, they want access rather than, uh, than anything else. So they want to be able to go, okay, I really like this song. I need to hear that immediately, or I want to see this band live. I want to see that immediately. And that yeah. takes maybe precedence over actually going to a show. And then I think one of the other things is that we have to kind of figure out how we get away from the bad show concept. And by this, I mean, uh, some people are worried to go and see, I don't know. um, I saw some people went to see the stereophonics and they've said it wasn't a very good show and to risk having a bad show, you know, uh, as well, like you, because you want to like, Oh, I'm paying 20 pounds for a ticket or whatever it may be going to a show and it not being good. Now for me, that's, that's part of when it is good is the bad part as well because if then if a show is good it's kind of against the odds of that if that makes sense you know yeah, I, like, yeah. I enjoy those shows where um like i say the backs of the wall show where it's almost everything goes wrong but it's they still triumph you still, know yeah. i think it's and, like uh life theater or football and i suppose at one point we were having a conversation with when football went on air and i wonder if they said yeah but it's not the same because mm. It is a yeah. football game. It's completely different than watching it on telly. But again, it's a different, and it's more accessible, isn't it? And I think you might be right. I think this this whole junction right now is going to change a lot of stuff. Netflix have changed it for the comedians. Mm. People don't go out to see a live comedy. Get a, you know yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll watch it in the comfort. Of the, and I kind of get that with comedy because mm. it's not it's not the lights and the sweat, which I like. I like getting like a, a, a overpriced pint yeah. of beer standing yeah, there, yeah, yeah. you know. And 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 to yeah. me. I can understand why people don't like that, maybe, if, you know, but that's, but it's like football, people like sitting in the cold eating a pie, you yeah, know. It's part of the experience, it's not, it's against the experience, it's yeah. it's deeply entangled within it, you know. And then I suppose people have never gone to a football game and never gone to a gig, and I think mm. it would be the same with this, this thing now, and people are going to start watching gigs online, mm. and go, this is our experience. How about this, hold on, I got it Pete, I got it. you ready to be a millionaire? I'm, we'll I'm do ready. Split. Yeah, ready, here's what yeah. we do. Everybody that watches a stream now, they have to pay to watch it. So say you've got a band, we'll say, let's say our, our mutual friends, the Rocket Dolls, yep. they do a live show or like from their practice room. 
good production values as we know they could do. They charge, I don't know, five pounds for a ticket or whatever it may be. That means that when they play live, you get a ticket to see them live for free. That's a good idea. That's how you do it because they're going to watch it on that anyway. And then they're going to go, well, I've got a free ticket. I've got nothing to lose now. It's not going to cost me anything. And how many would we convert? And actually, when you watch them on screen, mm. then you are, you've got that next stage of, oh, I can meet them, I can, I can meet, you know. Oh, I know that song. I like that song. It's, that's got to be part of the solution there. Yeah, Let's mix the two yeah. together and, and try and work it out. It's got to be the way forward. I've suggested to a few people now um, that that's really because I remember way back when Pearl Jam did a similar thing where you bought the album, and because you bought the album, it gives you a free ticket to the show. It seems logical to me to just make it an extension of that, like, you know. That makes sense. It does. So, so PK Mally, when you do your live reading of your yeah. book that you're now going to do, you say anybody that watches this gets a free ticket or free code to come to the show. That's a great idea. That's what we've got to do. That's a bit like uh, if we get any dates, I can even, if I buy, if I buy a book, they can even do it as well. It works on both aspects. Exactly. I remember when I remember when the the, uh, uh, the Stone Roses played a, a secret show as a warm up show to when they kind of came back, and they said the only thing you have to do to get access to the show, the only way you can get access to the show is you have to bring a piece of Stone Roses memorabilia, a record, a shirt, a poster, whatever, and that was how you got into the show. Brilliant. And I thought that was brilliant. Why don't we just make a digital equivalent of that? Like you, know, it just seems to be, you know. Listen, I, I think. We've just got it, you know, metal will never die. It will no, never die. Um, and live music will never die. It's just evolving into the next thing. That's and it. we've just got to keep hold of things to know that, that it will, you know. Yeah, it's gonna, um, another thing, I think once you realise it's going to move on, it's just you just have to go along with it and try to push it in your direction. Mm. That's, you know, because you're right, it's not going to, you know, and you, you can talk about, oh, yeah, but iTunes or whatever has taken over. And that's the way it is, and we can change that, but we can push it. We can we can make it work for ourselves. I think you're right. Yeah, brilliant. Well, I mean, listen, we got like what an hour, an hour twenty. That's, that's amazing. Said about an hour. We've, we've sorted the live music scene. We've reorganised your tour and book launch. <laughs> we've, we've sorted everything. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, Ladies brilliant. and gentlemen, the, the wonderful PK Malley. Thank you very much. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. So that was sitting down with PK Mally. Like I say, actually, the quality of things got better as it, as it went on, I feel. So maybe I'm getting something right with the microphones. I'm still going to fuck around with them. I've recorded another one using different setups. And I'll, like many things, I'll fuck around with it until I get it right. And if you think, if you go back to the first times I went out recording other people, that was up and down as well until I realised that the best way to record, I'm probably going to find that when I'm recording at home, when I get a kind of studio thing set up um, and do that. But I think it's, I think it's you the, the, the genuinely funny stuff uh, from Peter. Genuinely, he's a funny guy, uh, really self-deprecating to humour, which I adore. Um, and then, it's all the stories about, you know, a whole side of them I didn't realise, and hopefully some, you get a bit more of an insight if there's someone you know, um, you know, well, like Pete, uh, you know, this will give you an insight into them. He maybe maybe said some stuff that he he's never maybe said to a lot of people, you know, and, and I thought that was really, really gracious of him to talk about his kind of, his whole outlook and, and his life as well, and that's what we try and do with this podcast, and hopefully inspire you, like Pete's very, very, you know, very obviously says, he's like, I'm, I'm not very good at, at this type of thing, I'm just a bloke who gets up and talks shit. 
and it's like he's not. But the, the fact that he's he's saying this to, to encourage you, the listener, to go up and whatever it is, do your thing. If you're a musician, if you want to be a compare, if you want to be a podcaster, stand up comedian, whatever, teacher. He's a teacher. You know, any of the things. The whole point of the uh, of of the show is to kind of do that for you to say, listen, anybody can do this as long as you apply, and it's about something that you love uh, and 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 feel passionately about. And I think that really came across with with Pete Al. I'll do a few more with, with, with Pete most definitely because he's a really interesting guy and some really good stuff to talk about and certainly catch him on tour. You really want to check out his book, um, which is fascinating, kind of like a uh, kind of like the dirt, if you will, you know, kind of like a, a, a book all about kind of a band struggling and kind of the, 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 the trials and tribulations, as they say, of kind of becoming a band as well. And so that comes out on Wednesday. I'll put some links with on the social medias about kind of that as well and where you can buy that book. And then it'll be available on, on, on Kindle and stuff, I imagine, as well, and some other ways to do it. And he's also doing that thing where he'll write a message in the book when you eventually get that as well. I really hope he does the live readings. I'd be totally down for reading a chapter of that. Totally down for that. And I think he probably will. But it was just fantastic the way we there was a lot of back and forth about ideas and stuff, and it was great. So I really enjoyed that podcast. I hope you did too. The next one will be with uh, my friend Ian Johnson from King Voodoo. And then I've got a really nice little sort of surprise coming up as well with an artist, both local um, and great and fantastic and, and, and really kind of a lot of people will know them. And, uh, and we'll be going through, like we did with For, Forlorn Hope when we went through their album and kind of talked about um kind of the the whole track by track we went through the album we'll do that with this band i don't want to say who it is yet i want to leave it so it's a nice surprise really looking forward to this already heard the stuff and you know i digested the album and taken in and it's absolutely superb as i expected and hoped it would be so we're going to do that and that's going to be a nice surprise and that's going to be the next one i'm going to start to kind of tee these up as well and kind of get these in a, in a bit of a, a, a row so you kind of see who's coming on now as we're uh, because we're, we're all bunkered down here now, I'm just going to start reeling them off. And the quality, I, I promise, will improve. Um, I don't know if the quality of what I talk about will improve. It'll probably descend as a, you find out that I'm the charlotte and the am and don't know anything I'm talking about. You'll probably find out and go, fuck, I've heard this story off Cooper fucking billion times before. Who knows? But you know what? It's going to be a lot of fun finding out. Once again, I will eventually see you at the show. Thanks for listening.